The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, audio listener. Thanks for tuning in. However you found us on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on, we wanted to give a special announcement to everybody for a cause and an event that we think is uh, very awesome and kind of near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I mean, we had Domer on just a couple of weeks ago announcing and, and talking about an event that he and Jason Wells were in, engaging in to start the season. So to start this year's MLS season, Jason Wells and Domer Donaldson will be donating their hair to raise money for Children's Health Care of Atlanta Cancer Center. They'll be cutting off their hair at a tailgate on March 10th, home opener against FC Cincinnati. And if you donate, they'll obviously greatly appreciate it, and it'll go to – a local charity and a local health organization that helps kids in the greater Atlanta community and, and everywhere in the surrounding area. Yeah, it's awesome. If you guys go to bit.ly forward slash CHOA, C-H-O-A in all capitals, 310, you guys will uh, be taken to their donation site. Right now their goal is $5,000 and they've raised 510. You guys go and bolster that. Again, great cause, great people. You guys show out on, on Sunday and uh, watch Jason and Domer get their hair cut. Long hair do care. Long hair definitely do care. It'll be it'll be cool to see Domer without that, that head of hair of his. Yeah, and Jason, the Viking. I can't, I can't wait to see him knock down a peg and see what it's like in the real world. <sighs> I wonder if Jason's guys gonna, like myself. Jason going to donate his beard? Yeah. No, I don't think Domer's ever going to have to worry about that, dude. <laughs> anyway, had an awesome show. Fun time talking um, the upcoming Monterey game. Uh, upcoming FC Cincinnati game. And we touched a little while on kind of the firestorm after the DC United home opener. It is March 4th, 2019. This is Atlanta United. <laughs> Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Just powerful. Just so much power. I like, the pre, I like the pregame show. The yeah. iTunes listeners won't get to know because they're on a delay. But That's true. For those of you that are tuning in live on YouTube, you already subscribed. Hit that bell out bell icon got the notification got the tune in with us with cincy soccer talk on offside trap yeah it's a lot of fun yeah for sure I, you know they all have this like subscription or patreon or <laughs> i forgot <laughs> <laughs> that was that was perfect yeah so the for those of you guys who are just listening or watching this stream we tried for about 30 seconds in the last stream, there was no audio going on from the mixer for whatever reason. You're welcome for that so train we, horn. We restarted it. It, it looks out. like people turned up their volume all the way. You got to turn it up. Turn it up. Doom, doom, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in on a gloomy, shitty, 
Monday night after a terrible season opener. I am Tim Herb, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, my friend. What are you sipping on for the people who weren't watching on the offside track? A little, little sazzy, some hey, Sazerac this- rye. The thing about this, and Bill brought this up in the live chat for the offside trap, um, which Kevin alluded to, we guys we, we just recorded with Brad from Cincinnati Soccer Talk on, uh, you guys can go see that on YouTube and we'll release the audio on, on Thursday. Well, at a fitting time. Right now we're here to talk about the DC United game. We'll let the dust settle and then but, we'll, we'll, we'll release the preview for the Cincinnati game. So I brought this up to you this morning and I said, between the two shows, I was like, I really hope I get Firewater, Kevin, tonight. And it looks like it, man. I mean, granted, that's like very it small. It wasn't up that full. Yeah, it was. It was like, no. This is, okay, this isn't late. Just show this, me how full on the bottle, Tim. How full? Show me here. Here, show me where. Oh, show God. me where. My parents are watching this. <laughs> no, this isn't Lay's potato chips. They should chips. know what to expect at this that's, point. That's really. true. They used to call you f bomb or something like that back in the day. <laughs> Did they really? No, no, no please go. No, don't don't pull back now. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, to Bill's point, I mean, you were chugging that. You're chugging that at this point. This is like Angie giving you drinks at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure if you guys are watching this on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell icon, hit smash that like button, as the kids say nowadays. And if you guys are subscribed, go and watch our talk with Cincinnati Soccer Talks. Brad, um, I didn't catch his last name, but probably wants to keep it that way, right? Or no, no. no. Oh, yeah, we did. It's a weird spelling and weird yeah. uh, pronunciation. And if you guys are listening to Weigel. us. Weigel. Weigel. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and get housekeeping out of the way? Housekeeping. You've got it all written down and noted. A good friend of mine, a carryover. I don't know if he really found us through me meeting him and knowing. Housekeeping, I'm assuming you're alluding to our MLS fantasy League yes, there's, there's fantasy, and then we'll we'll go ahead and get the reviews out of it. Oh, the you way. want to do reviews first? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah cool. we should, right? Uh, yeah. So MLS Fantasy League standings. Good. Start it back up. I'm a little disappointed. We only have something like uh, 50 people in the league right now. I mean, I think we topped out at about 110 last year. I'm really disappointed right now. that the, I accepted my fate, and I just didn't even We have 43 it. right now. And the way that our standings pan out, in fifth place, we have soccer-specific... Uh, Soccer-specific fantasy team, Andy Watkins, a familiar face. Absolutely. Both, both on the podcast, a familiar name on the podcast, but then also uh, on the the standings. Stats and trends, John Beck, John F. Beasy at number four. Uh, we got Jake Rodden. What's his name? Joseph better than CR7. I like it. And third place, we have the reigning champion, Nathan Lines. FC Apogee with, I think he's got aimbots or something. He's got he's, he's got, got wall he's hacks. got hacks. He's got wall hacks. He's pretty elite. He's a he, number two. I think he's like kind of just stay. He's like I'm gonna stay yeah. here, make sleeper. sure they know that I he's don't. He's a sleeper cell for yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's a splinter cell. Yeah, I think he's what got the that deal third is. eye. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the who Kevin was alluded to thought marker SC Michael German Furman German 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 um, who is in at number one and I believe. At number 13 overall in, in, in all MLS. of MLS, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, which is crazy. Carry that flag, Michael. Carry that flag. Get us home. Um, he has a higher ranking yes. in all of the fantasy league standings than Atlanta United does in the league standings right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. Maybe he should be coach. There you go. Right there. Thought marker. SC, 103 points, tied for 12th or 13th. That's okay. how, So I met him or learned of him. I don't know. You don't really meet people on the internet, right? Um, 
but uh, through Free Art Friday stuff yeah. and, and the art community. And he's a part of the podcast community. I don't know if he knew about us being on the show and then the other personal stuff, but his art's awesome. So be yeah, sure to go check out his stuff. I think it's just Thought Marker on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, yeah, great dude all around. Um, yeah, it's just at Thought Marker on Twitter, and I'm pretty sure it's the same thing on Instagram. And it's MikeGerman.com is his website. Um, German, G E R M O N. We'll go ahead and get the. Um Oh God! All the Orlando friends on Twitter are tweeting. Tweet me when you guys get a point. Oh, okay, that's cool. All right, so we'll go ahead and get the reviews out of the way. If you guys, as you guys know, and you guys, for you guys that are watching or listening, you guys know that if you guys leave us a rating or leave us a review on iTunes or you know Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, we'll read it live on the show. We've gotten a little shtick about you know bringing it up on a cold open a couple weeks ago, and we're sorry if that came off that way. I don't know if you already have this open, Kevin, but it's right I don't, there. If you've got it, yeah, it's in the I'll, middle. I'll we, take I'll take the I'll take the first blows. We received um, a very interesting review. Yeah, one that kind of kind of stuck in our side a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it definitely did because while I think criticism is healthy and. Um, we we definitely welcome it, and we're not going to shy away from any negative reviews. Something that we do unintentionally that is a mark against our character or something like that, I think we maybe take a little bit more personally, especially considering what we try to do with this yeah. show. So uh, one of our reviews that we got this week is titled, Well, as long as, well, as, long as most of them kind of look like you, we'll be okay, huh? Two stars. Your podcast is in serious need of some diversity, if not personnel, then and at least awareness. Um, so, and, and I'm not going to give their uh, handle out of respect for them, but I think right now, and, and two stars, and, yeah, and and not to get too political about things or um, one side or the other, but obviously we we make it a big stance on this show to try to showcase everybody in the community's voice. No matter uh, short, tall, fat, skinny, black, white, no matter what it is, guy, girl, um, through the call-in lines, the live chat, reading reviews, having as many guests on as we do, constantly trying to promote the community in any way possible because we wouldn't be where we are if it weren't for the community. And so to uh, see something like that is obviously a little hurtful and and if we have done something in some way that is lacking in diversity and and is negligent on that part we truly are sorry and obviously it's not intentional and um yeah i'm just going to kind of leave it at that yeah and if you're listening you, you can reach out to us on twitter our dms are open absolutely home b4 the number 4 dark and just let us know i mean if we if we did something then yeah. please let us know okay on to the other one that we got um, we're up to 165. I don't know where the uh, the vault is, the Hurt Locker, where we had the predictions. But, <laughs> but I think that you're the only one that is still alive on that list because I was at like 164 or something Yeah, like I think that. I said 169. So we're at 165. I don't know. So, you lost it with the new table, which, by the way, we completely skipped over your hard work over here. I was just hoping somebody in the trap would notice this table that nope. I built. With your own two hands. With my own two hands. It's um, hairy palms. 
Solid five stars. I mean, I don't really want to encourage the begging for reviews that has been rampant in the last couple episodes. It was one time in a cold open. Well, it's been on every episode. You just decided to listen whenever we forced it down your throat. But this is a pretty solid podcast about the best club in MLS. Bumpish via Apple Podcasts. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, want to we'll leave your review, way. hear your voice heard. Uh, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Whatever it says, we will read it aloud on the show. And if you want to call in to our phone lines, phone lines are now open, have actually been open for a little while. I know we have a few voicemails that we'll play at the end of the show and talk all of your topics. The phone number is 678-827-3297. Actually, I say the phone lines are open. They stay open 24-7. We don't shut that shit down. No, we don't. We actually got calls before the... Uh, we got one call that I'm looking forward to listening to. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I pulled it up because I couldn't tell who the transcript was. And yeah, as I started listening, I was like, ooh, I'm going I'm to wait. Ooh, I wanna, I'm just going to save that one for later. Stuff. Um, oh, well, good dead air. Yeah. Things are getting Sorry. a little political. You started yeah. reading the same thing I started I start, reading. I started reading it. We, I, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, anyway, heartbreaking loss last night late on the road. Actually, it wasn't that late. It felt a lot later at the end of the game. I thought it was like midnight and so like oh, 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> Just having to go through the anxiety of that game. Um I get up so early these days. Like how do you wanna how you wanna start talking about it? You wanna talk about this with the lineup? Let's start with the lineup. Okay. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. Cause you got that fire water in I you. got that fire water. Yeah. Um un- unfortunately hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm sticking to my guns on that, regardless of if I'm a blind I gotta turn the fan blind idiot bit, in the sorry. woods. Um I think most of the fan base is rightfully so in one of two camps as it relates to the lineup. Those that thought that the lineup should have been rotated out to a lot of new faces and a fresh lineup approach because we didn't want to potentially hinder our performance in CCL. We had, what is it? Four games in a week and a half or whatever it is. um, And three of which are on the road. So a lot of people clamoring. I think Doug Robertson actually wrote an article for AJC stating that he expected essentially an all-new 11 personnel lineup aside from Guzan, which turns out should have been the one person that maybe could have been substituted last can, night. Can or Guzan? Can or Guzman is the real topic of discussion tonight. Uh, no. so Or people that thought, like I do, that three games into the season – an entire rotation change in the lineup is not necessary for professional athletes and you don't forsake the standing in one for the other. I don't think that that's completely necessary. While I expect to see maybe two or three changes in the starting lineup and then another three through substitutions in the second half, that's still half of the lineup versus starting 10 Carltons on the field and throwing Bellow and goal. It just seems ridiculous to me. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Brittany S. With, with the correct shout-out, can or bust. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, and also uh, Alex Brotherton saying, also, this is not my Stephen A. Smith-esque, someone needs to fire Frank DeBoer, he's trash takes, I was hoping to see tonight. You're not going to see that on this show. No. I have a little more patience. You know, um, I guess we'll talk in a little bit about Frank DeBoer. The- I think it's tied to it. Let it rip. 
let, let it rip. I, I just think it's a little ridiculous. I, I, I think that Jay Riddle of Unrelegated. Atlanta, Shots fire. Atlanta. Shots fire. You heard it here. <laughs> Go ahead. Let it fly. I actually wasn't going to let it fly at Jay. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about his content? You pulling him off? He's he copywriting your stuff now, too? Unrelegated is copywritten, Home Before Dark material. We had them first pull all their shit down. <laughs> it's coming down, Jay. <laughs> it's coming down. Uh, no, Jay. It, to Jay's point, he's he's kind of correct when he says that, and he's probably subtweeting me or subtweeting a couple of the other people that are having more of this be rational take because I was being a little irrational. It's funny because I say be rational about the situation, but I'm being irrational in that I don't think a lot of people, like we talked about on Friday and, and then before, um, that a lot of people are truly calling for him to get fired at this point. And he was saying that you know we're putting a straw we're building a straw man out of there that the argument that he needs to be fired nobody's really saying that there are a few people that are saying it and there are a few people that I mean if not saying that he needs to get fired you're completely blaming him for what happened yesterday and I don't think that's entirely the case a couple other things uh, so not not to do, I do this I say not to do this and I end up doing this every time but to Carl Seggy's point. Our beautiful Jordy uh, in the in the trap saying uh, this is not the same as your hand egg game. You do not have a first and uh, second string. It's true, right? You have eighteen players that get onto exactly onto your squad for a match day. Exactly, that's that's seven, really only six potential subs, and then you take one guy, two guys that probably aren't going to see the field. So you really only have because you only have three people that you can sub in. Right. I mean, you have to you have to plan for that. So. You obviously want to win the game. You obviously want to win Champions League because, I mean, MLS has never won it. Toronto, yeah. Toronto shot the bed last year. But um, also, it's a, it, I think there's such a lack of patience in professional soccer these days when it comes from ownership. It's a lack of patience in everything. I think it was far yes. beyond it's professional true. soccer. I, I, and, I, and, it, and unfortunately, Atlanta's success has just played into a lot of that. I blame Al Gore for creating the internet. I blame... <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, Tom from MySpace. Actually, Tom, you're fine no. because everything wasn't in real time. I blame, I blame, no, no. I blame Tom Herb for giving me you and the instant gratification of having you as a best friend every day. <laughs> That's really where this whole thing started. You were on the right track originally. It is all Tom's fault. Yes, it is Tom's fault. No, but <laughs> instant gratification could, I mean, it is, these days people want instant gratification for everything. Nobody can really build on anything. Um, and it has to do a lot with these billionaire owners and bigger and bigger leagues that come in and they bought not built, bro. Yeah, exactly. Bought not built. But I look at a team like my my uh, my Liverpool team that I've been supporting uh, for a long time now, um, where I've seen the ups and downs between Rafa Benitez and Roy Hodgson, who rightly got fired early. Um, but then looking at Brendan Rodgers, who finished second, and then you bring in Jurgen Klopp after that, and people are comparing them after a season or two. Brendan Rodgers had a good season where he finished second. Sure. But then Jurgen Klopp comes in and he's completely overhauling the team. Not unlike what Frank DeBoer is doing with his, with his formations, not to say it's a like for like comparison, but it's not so dissimilar. You bring in like kind of wholesale changes. And then people were making comparisons two years into Brendan Rodgers record versus Jurgen Klopp's record. And it's not really a fair comparison because you're looking at a guy who was kind of stagnant, a guy who's trying to build things from the ground up with other people's players, and then also implementing a new system. 
And then what, what happens after that? You, that patience is paid off and them going to the champions league final, them being title contenders this year. And I think a lot of that, I feel like we need to be patient. We won a title last year. I, I, I feel we lost the crux of our team last year. The, the, Arguably, the two most valuable people on this team last year outside of Joseph Martinez are gone. And that's Gerardo Tata Martino and Miguel Almiron. But that doesn't go with that. Even stating that neglects to observe the fact that we still have really, really talented newcomers and an optimism about where this team is headed in the trajectory and to forsake any opportunity or upside to those players or their development under Frank DeBoer's guidance or what they bring to the table with PT Martinez, who has better footwork than Miguel Almiron. I'm not saying he's a better player one for one, but I think situationally he has higher strengths than Miggy did in one-on-one situations, at least out of what I've seen from him. Same thing with Bello. Like he, the, the ceiling is much higher, I think, than where Greg Garza is. We see Greg Garza already injured out for FC Correct. Cincinnati. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty with a lot of this stuff. I don't think that this team should be forsaking league play and potentially, to your point, of shitting the bed like Toronto did in yes. more ways than one where you put all of your eggs into the CCL basket and you're at the bottom of the table in MLS where your league standing at the end of the season with the new playoff formation actually matters where you're not playing multiple legs. You get one home game, home field advantage based on your standing. And if you're pissing away matches when you should be competing early in the season, you're just cutting your nose off to spite your face at that point. Yeah. And one thing we talked about too is we saw the first match down in Heredia against Herediano, where we were getting gassed. I mean, if you talk about when we're talking about George Bello and, and guys, their conditioning was not up to snuff. And then in the, the, the uh, return leg seemed like they were getting better. But to that point, I mean, what's the best way to get conditioned in soccer, right? It's yep. to play games. Exactly. It's to play games. And these guys are, with the exception of Jeff Lorenowitz sat, right? Jeff, Lorenow- right. Jeff Lorenowitz didn't come on until like the... It was the seventy seventh minute whenever he came in for Barco. PT came in in the seventieth, seventy fifth, maybe. Who on that lineup, aside from maybe Mark Michael Parkhurst, really needs a rest? Brecha. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, so that's so, not unfair. That, so, that's a fair. That's a fair. So assessment. moving on, I think that that assessment. is because what what we start to talk about logistically in the game is who who's rising and falling, right? So of the players that we saw out of the starters and the the people that we saw play down um at Kennesaw State just a week ago who of those players looked out of shape playing on a quick turnaround that you expect to see play out of shape overall wasn't really much the biggest player that I saw a difference in was Breck Shea it's true um it's not for uh, the, it's interesting I'm again I'm not the best person at this because I've always been an apologist for the guy because yeah. I, I've always enjoyed. I, I still think he has a lot of value to add to this team. Maybe he's not a week in, week out starter, but if George Bellows healthy yesterday, Breck Shea probably doesn't start. Maybe. Because coming off four days rest, you know, right. you probably do bring in George Bellows. Right. I mean, that is a perfect position to put him in. Whereas Andrew Carlton, we haven't seen Andrew Carlton since when? Mid mid to late last year? Yeah, something like that. Not even? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people were calling for him to come in. 
I, I don't know if it, if that would have been the best decision. Not in the opening game. No, 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 not at all. And and I don't know. Those guys are going to have their time. We still have open cup. We have games where they're going to need to step up due to injury and realistic fatigue. Three games in is not the time to be making considerations Correct, yeah. based on fatigue with professional athletes. Agreed. And, and again, non aging professional exactly. athletes with the exception of Michael Parkhurst on, I mean, that, on the defense. <laughs> and Jeff Sat. And he, Jeff Sat, exactly. And Michael Parkhurst. And he didn't even start against Herediano last week. I mean, he came in as a sub last week. Right. So. And, and Michael Parkhurst doesn't. If anything, Jeff maybe should have been starting. Yeah. That was one of the people that I said would be starting over yeah. Remetti. And I think that maybe Remetti could have benefited from that. It's it's interesting. It's Maybe that's one of the stubborn things that we're going to have to deal with with Frank DeBoer in the, in, in the way we had to deal with Tata Martino's late game substitutions. We finally got to the point where we just kind of swallowed that pill and said, all right, we're going to have to deal with this. We can't complain about this anymore. Could Frank DeBoer have played a different formation yesterday, brought in Jeff Lorenowitz? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's a fair uh, criticism. But with that lineup, there's a better lineup he probably could have put in there um, when looking at it. But because he's got to figure that out on his own. Yeah, I I am less concerned about Breck Shea play his play yesterday because I thought that he had a lot of good opportunities. Granted, I think he just got sucked into the middle way too much. He, he did, but at, to that point, Mikey Ambrose playing it right. That back, was a bigger. That was a more really egregious weird. thing he's to me. So heavily left footed. Yeah. It, it's one thing put him over at left wing back, absolutely. Put Gressel in at right wing back, yeah. and leave Breck Shea on the bench. And right. I think that game's kind of different. Yeah, I think so too. So we've been neglecting you guys. We had to get those rants out of the way. Alex Brotherton, we remember all of the successful second year and our first year is masked by nostalgia and newness of the team. Things weren't perfect year one when Tata was implementing a system. I think that's a great point. Um, Carl Seggy, we had a bad day at the office. That is it. This is not an issue. Supporters in general need to take a step back and realize that we will not win every match. Couldn't set it bad myself. Um, a lot of talk about the three five, uh, the three four three versus the five four one or four five two or whatever. Um, we can come back and <laughs> N- neither of those, neither of those really add up I'm with not, math. I'm not, t- I don't have enough fingers to figure that out. So we'll figure it out later. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elliot Beaven with a, with a pretty poignant question about where Pogba is. I believe right now, if I'm not mistaken, it, we're not the show for this, like really you guys know who you're talking official to, right? things. So soccer down here might, you know, Jason and uh, Joe Patrick over at dirty South soccer five stripe final might be better sources for something like that. I imagine it would have something to do with the international slot deal yeah. that we're dealing with right now, because we have I think eight and we have 11 international players signed on contracts. Um, right. I, it, I don't know. That's, but, but another point somebody made last year, and I honestly didn't watch him whenever he was at Charleston, but Gordon wild are one yeah. of our picks from last year's super draft. Um, played right back during played right wing back during the. I don't know why pre-season. he doesn't go in over Mikey Ambrose and you switch Ambrose out with Breck Shea. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, because I've, I think we've talked on the show before about Mikey Ambrose at left back gives you enough defense occasionally, but he's great going forward. Yeah, and put him on a put him on a freak. Why didn't he take? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't in the game at this point. Uh, he might have gotten sub. Did he get subbed out? 
He did, right? For Gressel. Whenever Joseph had that free kick outside the box, Mikey Ambrose could have put that in if right. he was, uh, yeah. So the game was not all bad, in my opinion. And I think uh, Brittany S. starts off a, a conversation that it's Justin Johnson and Bill Holcomb both sort of harp on, which was that Miles Robinson was pretty good the past few matches. Dude, Miles Robinson has been a once, revelation. Once he got out of that CB role and shifted more towards the right side, I think he's he's been tremendous on it positionally and with the overlap that he gets with either Gressel tracking back or Parkhurst coming over has been really good. And it's Justin Johnson, very impressed with Robinson, eager to see where uh, eager to see when Escobar comes back as well. What, what miles Robinson gives you is the ability to have a like for like, uh, in in the formation that there isn't as much much risk whenever you're swapping out positionally, and I think that's where we're going to see a lot of the growing pains with Frank DeBoer this season. Is he's still trying to figure out where some of these players can be, and part of that is taking a risk as a manager where you take a CB and you put them on uh, right back or left back and see how they fare. And some of that's a risk and sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't think that Ambrose on right back was a complete waste and a complete flop. I don't want to see him back there again, but he was serviceable for the course of the game. I think he, I think Frank DeBoer learns his lesson that he's definitely more suited for a left back substitution. And maybe you, take that opportunity to bring in a Gordon Wilde or somebody else in the future in that role or that position if yeah, need be. I, I think the the thing about Mikey Ambrose from yesterday is I really just didn't feel like he was on the ball at all. I mean, he really didn't get a lot of position uh, or a lot of, um, a lot of traction, a lot of attention. I felt like a lot of their attack was coming on the, on our left side, their right side. Yeah. And the, because they, the middle, because somehow, and I think that's why it was so glaringly obvious that, Breck was such a misstep last night that he he just kept getting yeah, yeah I mean he just kept getting pulled centrally and him and LGP just couldn't get on the same page where LGP would pick somebody up and uh, Brett can actually hold that left wing as somebody was tracking back or vice versa. It just never seemed to be as consistent as it was against Herediano just a week ago. And so I think some of that will come with time. And I think it's the same problems we saw out of Bello that was maybe more glaring like for Bellow, it was, oh, he's just younger and he he hasn't learned that stuff yet. And you maybe expect a little bit more out of Brecce because you had such a great performance last week. And I think that's something that'll grow in time, both with Bellow yeah. and Brecce as they start to build up that chemistry with LGP. Because you got to think about the LGP side of this thing, too, where it's not just those two players situationally or independently. It's how they interact with their backup which is lgp having to shift over to cover that left side yeah i mean lgp can cover whatever he needs to oh absolutely he's, he's one of the best if not the best center back in, in but he's got to know when and how yeah exactly one thing one positive um from the breck shea situation is i felt like positionally on offense i still thought he was fine i think that he had a few bad touches up there i think positionally he was making fine runs he was making decent overlaps um, that's not what I'm worried about. What you brought up is his inability to stay. I mean, in that three, that three, four, three, he really should be playing out as wide as possible and covering that both on offense and defense. Or at and least right. know got, that LGP is in. shifting. And that's where a lot of that openness got created last night was on that wing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you make? Did you notice last night at all late? It's kind of the late, first season early second season i wouldn't call it pouting i think frustration from joseph martinez came out last night 
I saw it. I don't know if the cameras were just staying on him longer whenever he would get an errant pass or somebody wouldn't pass the ball whenever he got up there. I'm not criticizing him at all. I, I think that he's very justified in, in being angry at the service he was getting, um, some of the lanes being so clogged. I, I don't know if I was... Am I the only one, you guys in the trap, did anybody notice the amount of frustration that Joseph Martinez was... Um, I think the entire team was really just frustrated last night. And I think Martinez is going to continue to be frustrated until he can build up that link up play with PT and anybody else that may be rotating in for him. And so that's going to be, that's going to really be what Frank needs to sort out. I think the backs and wingers, you, you can kind of shift and, and talk to the people that are more central and tell them to shift over to adjust. But what you can't, make up for people that are over on the wing shifting more centrally to feed Joseph Martinez and distribute that ball vertically down the field. And so whenever Pitti's not there and we've been spending the preseason and the CCL matches trying to build up and develop link up play between Pitti and Martinez and Barco overlapping and two of those pieces aren't really building up anything consistently, of course he's going to get frustrated, right? And so that's where... Frank DeBoer needs to find out who's going to start to fill that role if need be, if we're going to start to make those substitutions. Because last night, Nagby wasn't really there doing that. And you would expect him to be the more attacking midfielder that would be distributing to Martinez, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I was a little... um, I was less than enthusiastic with Nagby's performance last night. I don't think it was terrible, but at the same time, it definitely wasn't his best. Another thing to take away, not to be just like a ray of positivity... In, in this community right now, but this is arguably our biggest competition for MLS. This Cup. is the team that everybody is saying is in the top three, along with Atlanta United and the Red Bulls. Like yes. this is, this is at least two of our pick for supporter shield winner this year. We, we lost four nil in our home opener against a way worse team last year in Houston dynamo. Right. I think, Howler aside, we gave up one goal yesterday. Really, really gave up one goal. Um, not that I'm making excuses. Brad Guzan just has to do better. That shouldn't have been a goal. Yeah. But at the same time... Part of that I'll, I'll blame on the condition and the field and the rain and the situation, blah, blah, blah. I can make excuses all day to Sunday, but um, you're yeah, right. And, and to Richard's point, too, it was Richard Gordon saying that was in Houston. It was. It was away Absolutely. at Houston. We lost 4 nothing. It was away at D.C. in 36-degree temperatures in the rain. Not something that we're wholly accustomed to. Not Again, not an excuse. It's just a reason that adds to why we played poorly. And and call it an excuse whatever you want. It's just it's part of the game. I feel like we and have to be And the team needs to learn and grow from yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Just like we talked about last week about Bello needing to stay in and take his licks. This is a lick for Atlanta United against the best in the league or what we expect to be the best in the East this year, or at least one of the contenders for it. And and you came off of a couple of days rest very early on in the season, in the rain, on the road, and you took a 2-0 loss, one of which is just kind of yep. a flute goal. You know, it's not the end of the season by any stretch. Uh, to Brittany S's point, she said zero goals because it wasn't a corner. <laughs> that's true. a good point legitimately br- the goal that brad guzan gave up is more legitimate than the first goal that, that is came, a great that, point that, that, that great was given up um no i think obviously i don't think there are very many positives to take away from this game but i'm a, i'm not as negative on it as everybody else seems to be it's a 30 nah. what 34 game season right we're playing on two fronts 
going to be three fronts when U.S. Open Cup comes. I'm just not ent- that entirely worried about it. Um, it's it. I don't know. It just seems like you can't win. People are complaining about the substitutions coming up. Like, why would you sub in Petey when we're losing and we're away? Well, and then why would you sub in Gressel? Because he's in your 18. <laughs> right. Why, 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 why would you make those substitutions? But then last year was, why make those substitutions so late? Why are you making them so early? And why are they these players? Why are they that Another players? point to make about this, and I think it was Doug or Conti that mentioned it, is that the team traveled from D.C. to Monterey because they've only got a two-day turnaround. So if you don't bring your your players that you want to play in Monterey, oh, yeah. they're on a completely different schedule, training, uh, conditioning, all, I mean, consistency, all of that gets thrown out of the window. So you don't expect them to roll out a completely new 11 and a no. completely new 18, and then you subsequently are you have to fly out a completely different group that's not with the team and not maintaining that level of fitness and consistency with the it, it just doesn't make any sense to me so we turn our attention to monterey um anything else to take away from the game last night i, I like got what, nothing uh, else really it's justin johnson who i don't know if i've ever seen him in the trap thank you for uh thank you for tuning in and joining us i, th- I think i've seen a couple things up there he said we just haven't figured out to play smooth in the final third yet said, I have faith it's going to come through. I also feel Gressel is going to strive the season. Absolutely agree. I still think the biggest problem with the final third is developing in the middle third. And I think that's been the glaringly obvious gap in Atlanta United's development. It was it was struggling week one against Herediano. It picked up a lot in week two. And last night it was nowhere to be seen again. And I think that's where the frustrations from Martinez and everything else starts to break down is whenever you have none of that build up and as much as Nagby is an attacking midfielder or an attacking central midfielder, he's not going to be able to do the role that he needs to do and the role that we need a true number 10 to do in that middle position. Yeah. To that point. So I sent you an article the other day yeah. from sports. It's a betting site. The becoming way more prevalent these days. I don't know if it's a, if is it legal in Georgia yet. I Sports think it's, gambling? I think it's getting legal nationally. Because I know technically, right? technically they turned it over to the states last year. Yeah, Supreme Court said okay, states, you guys deal with yeah, it. Georgia you, can't you, do anything though, so I, I'm true. not sure. Uh, uh, dude, the cares? day the day that weed and. Uh, and sports betting becomes That's legal be in Georgia. That's going to be the best Home Before Dark podcast <laughs> of all time. This thing is just going to be a haze in here. It's just going to be a Kevin Solo show. I, I'm going to be wasting <laughs> away all my money on sports betting, and Kevin's going to be blowing that loud. You're, you're going to come in here, and it's going to be like that episode of It's Always Sunny. I'm just going to have a spider web. <laughs> oh, so interestingly <laughs> enough... Um, so I sent you that article the other day. That's it's, right. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, from sportsbettingdime.com, and they had an article. Maybe that's why Martinez is frustrated is because his odds diminish every game he doesn't get a goal. <laughs> um, yeah. So speak the, the odds, right? So this is from Ryan Metivier, Metivier, um, but it's interesting. It's the MLS odds, the MVP odds, and then also um, – the uh the scoring odds too um, right i think i have the uh the ml or the mvp odds right now hold on just a second are oh, you gonna do the screen share so other people can see I, it I, I was going to but we're using youtube webcam so they'll just have to find it in the show uh, notes. okay okay yeah okay. if you guys just find it in the show notes i will um 
I will uh, post it. No, it's the goal scorer matchup. Sorry, I found the wrong one. Um, so between the odds between Joseph Martinez and Zlatan Ibrahimovic winning the golden boot. Um, and also just betting odds for who scores the most hat tricks, yeah. who scores the most goals. Which is um, interesting. A good old prop bet, right? I yeah. Mean, have you ever yeah. seen those Super Bowl ones? Like how many, right. uh, how many Geico commercials are we going to see? Is it like the over-unders are like two and a half? It's, right. Um, Did you watch any of... Uh, the Galaxy game this past weekend? I didn't. Just saw Zlatan I just saw the scoreline. Yeah, this, yeah, so that's kind of what brought this up is, I, I remember, like I said, I sent you this article last week, and then Zlatan scores a goal. Joseph doesn't, yet again. Yeah. And I'm starting to get worried a little bit. I think some of that, and and um, what's his name, Ryan, that wrote the article? Yeah, Ryan Mativier. Uh, that Ryan mentions in in there, he's got a really great breakdown, which is that how both players are scoring their goals, where Zlatan is much more of an individual goal scorer and creates a lot of opportunities individually. Joseph Martinez relies a lot on the players around him. It's either Gressel feeding something over from the wing, it was Miggy serving something up from the midfield, or the numerous PKs that he ended up getting last year. So from that standpoint, I'm cautiously optimistic that Martinez can maybe find his footing because aside from a very late goal-scoring opportunity from Zlatan last week, ultimately I've just been unimpressed with him and with his age and, and some of his hesitancy to really get involved in any kind of a team play. It's no surprise that everything's individual because that's how he plays is as an individual and doesn't play with the team. I have more faith that Atlanta United can come together as a team and as a unit than I do in Zlatan being able to consistently break down teams that are on the defensive and planning for that week in and week out because we saw that in Atlanta last year whenever he traveled and he had his pocket picked time and time again. Yeah, I mean, Chris McCann. Exactly. Yeah, Chris, Chris McCann had, uh, still has Ibrahimovic in his pocket. LA Galaxy are coming to Atlanta this year. I wonder if he plays with us playing on turf because that's another thing he points out, right, is that he doesn't play a lot on turf. Right. Yeah, he, he preserves himself. At I this mean, point. he's impressive. I, and, and Bill says, I did not see that Zlatan is old take coming. It's not to say that he can't because he's old. I'm just saying... That's not my take, by the way. I, I this, the man is ageless to me. I mean, but the man but, ruptured his ACL a couple years ago. But he is at like thirty four years old. His mentality and his approach to the game, at least in the times that I've seen him play, are of the individual and completely playing up the retirement league trope. Trope in that it's it's always him complaining about everyone else around him and never taking any responsibility or any sort of build up or or ownership of what he's actually doing and then whenever he does do something good or he is in the right position to make something happen it's all him yeah the i just don't think that's sustainable in this league yeah. especially so a couple you brought up there a couple different props i guess or a couple different bets um and these i think these odds are coming from I don't know this industry very well. Bet online. Um, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this too. Right now, uh, Bet Online has Ibrahimovic as a plus 190 underdog to score more goals this season than Justin Martinez. Um, yeah, it goes without saying that Martinez is the favorite in every one. He's a minus 240 favorite. And I believe, for, uh, if, I, if I'm stating this correctly, that means you have to put $240 down on him to get another $100 back. I believe that's how the betting works. If somebody can, some of you delinquents in the, uh, in the trap could 
confirm that for me. And then with uh, Ibrahimovic, if you put $100 down, you get $190 back. I got to let Pirlo in here. Speaking of old MLS <laughs> retirement tropes. <laughs> Just walking around farting all the time. Uh, let's see. What other... Um, will Zlatan or Martinez break the MLS record? So Martinez is a better favorite a two to one favorite over Zlatan in breaking the MLS score record. And let's see here. I'm trying to see what other, what other lines there were, but it was pretty fun. I'm looking for it. Hopefully we can keep up with these guys and see if they do any more for the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, so Martinez is a 240 point favorite to score more goals this year over, um, Zlatan, which yeah, one of the other interesting I tend to agree with for all the points yeah. that I just mentioned. One of the other interesting things that he brings up too is that Joseph last year outperformed his XG. I think I'm he's so X- sick of hearing that. I don't know the XG. All I know is people. This person, it, it, everybody respectable, is posting about XG. But it's cheating because it has the ball bearings inside of it, and it automatically snaps back. You have to modify it just to get it to sleep whenever you want to walk the dog. So I don't know why everyone's so hyped up about it because the Firebird is a far superior yo-yo in my opinion. I don't know why after 20 years people are still using the XG and thinking that it's a dominant (laughs) system. I'm just I'm a I'm a butter I'm a butterfly man. I I honestly I'm a purist when it comes to yo-yos that if there's any sleep assist it's it's cheating. It's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's, it's absolute cheating. What do you guys think? In, 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 <laughs> I don't in, think in, in the trap. Maybe three people got that reference of an ex-brain yo-yo in the trap. <laughs> Octavio Mangura. Octavio Mangura said, "Why are we talking about yo-yos? He just joined." <laughs> XG versus Firebird. Elliot Beaven. What's the lines on that shit, though? For real. What's the what's the sleeper line on who can sleep longer on uh, XG versus Firebird? It depends. It really is all about the skill in the hands. Uh, oh, Alex Brotherton, I think, is right. He said, ah, this is what the two-star reviewer was talking about. We're being very exclusive about X, X brain yo-yos. Uh, oh, exclusive? I get it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Brit- Brittany, I said, what was Joseph's uh, XG last year? If uh, Let me scroll up real quick. I think it was like 28.7 oh, okay, if I'm yeah, not correct. Who expected a fucking two-minute yeah. diatribe <laughs> about yo-yos tonight? <laughs> Any- anybody who's been watching since uh, the beginning. Um, yeah, oh. XG. his XG last year was 28.7, oh. and uh, he ended up scoring 31 goals. Obviously, yeah. Um, there are a couple other things in here, like odds to. I'm gonna check into like the Georgia betting because I'm I'm gonna use this site and I'm gonna Go see ahead. if I can make some money. What was it again? SportsBettingTime.com. Yeah, sports. I'll put the the link to this uh, in the show notes. What do you guys cool. think? Do you guys think that Joseph outscores Zlatan this year? And then the other one of the other props was the the hat tricks. Um, I believe the odds to score hat tricks. They have over unders on these, so like Zlatan's over. Um, the he's he's expected he's like whatever that is negative 300 to score he set the line at what like one and a half one and a half one and a half hat tricks okay yeah yeah yeah. and they have him as like a favorite ibrahimovic is favored to uh score less than one and a half hat tricks and then joseph is he's still favored to score less than two and a half but bill holcomb zlatan will score more and neither will win the golden boot 
Ooh, that's an interesting take. Bill, what's your uh, reasoning, Bill? Bill, just Bill, call into the call into the. That's what I want to hear. That's actually a good. Uh, that's a good voicemail thing as we're starting to starting to wind down here if you've got a voicemail that you want to leave uh we'll talk about the zlatan versus martinez who will score more goals this season the phone number is bill we're trying we're trying to get 404 uh get home i want it so bad but i can't ever find it it's 678-827-3297 again that's 678 678- Eight two seven three two nine seven. Oh, Brian makes a good point. Michael Bradley, obviously. Let's let's turn our attention <laughs> to the rest of the league. Michael Bradley, currently the Golden Boot leader with the brace this past weekend for Toronto. Yeah, who saw that coming? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody but looking into that crystal ball of a fucking head of his. <laughs> Somebody. So they look at this. Uh, they look at this crystal ball. It's actually. Just... <laughs> I like that. That's a good Alex Jones. I like it. That's good. Um, now we got Don Garber pulling strings. And <laughs> they're making sure that David Beckham's got his team, and he's not. He doesn't have a stadium yet. Doesn't even have a damn stadium. Oh um, my poor head. Yeah. Um, I probably blew some blew yeah, some ears out. Yeah. Uh, but so, Michael Bradley, yeah, that's interesting. They get rid of Joe Vinka, who's arguably their best player right. and their best goal scorer of the past couple of years, and you know former MVP. And all of a sudden, Michael Bradley's putting in two goals, like he's an offensive player. Um, he ended up getting carded for slapping um, um, Marco Fabian. Yep. Um, so it'd be interesting. I think he's going to get, a, I well, feel like a yellow card accumulation is going to come up at some point. It only counts whenever it's against the other team. Unlike, uh, what's his face from Cincinnati? Uh, Kendall Waston. Oh, okay. <laughs> who did he slap? I forget. <laughs> he's just over on the side. Did he get red carded? No, it's his own player. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's like yeah. a celebration. They're like <laughs> slapping each other in the face. Maybe we should do that one. Just have a slap fight oh on the show. Uh, so, what did you watch any games this weekend? It's funny you say that. That actually happened like between friends in an NBA game not too long. I can't remember who the two players were, but somebody just like gave a little like <laughs> funny slap to the other guy's face. He got teed up. I think he got ejected for doing oh, it. Oh no! Uh, any other games watched? Orange Ball came out. Huge thing, right? I mean, the Orange Ball came out in the Portland and Colorado game because they were playing in negative 18 oh, degrees. Oh, that's right. Snow. Oh, my God. The it pictures was a from game. that. It was a fun game to yeah, watch, too, was. because I don't think players could see the ball no. more than 10 feet in right, front of them. Right, right. It just came finish, out of man. nowhere in the second half, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw the highlights that Orlando came back from being down 2-0 at the half to NYCFC, end up pulling out the equalizer late and... Uh, Tying that one up, end up advancing with a draw against NYC, which, you know, whatever. Give them some credit, I guess. Uh, what other game? What, what games did I watch? I watched the Chicago second LA half. Game. I watched the second half of the Chicago LA game. Chicago, I think, could be a team that we see on an uptick this year with the addition on the front line of CJ Sapong because he was consistently in space just a couple of times that he was just sort of a half inch out of step, but they were creating opportunities. Their offense was definitely making chances and without a a crazy end of game, one goal celebration by Zlatan on a whim. um, 
they end up getting out of there with a draw or potentially a win. So I, I watched the second half of that. I was really impressed. And then I watched the first half of FC Cincinnati, which unless you watched any other games, maybe we talked just a few minutes about FC Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, because we have, Monterey. We have uh, Cincinnati coming up. We have, obviously, Monterey, um, who immediately makes my blood boil, just thinking about Jonathan Gonzalez uh, getting away from the U.S. men's national team yeah. and uh, being an anchor for that team at the age of 19. Um yeah, it, unfortunate run to run into. Uh, we talked about it a little bit um, with Brad earlier, where of uh, Cincy Soccer Talk. Seattle is a perennial powerhouse. They dealt with a lot of issues last year when it came to injuries. They lost. I, I think Jordan Morris might be their best player, and to lose him last year to that knee injury was was really rough. And then you bring in a guy like Rui Diaz later into the season, he's fully integrated into that team to have him, to have Jordan Morris healthy and Roald Dan. Um, and then that back line is always solid. Jordan Morris looked on fire, man. It's just they they ran into an unfortunate buzzsaw, but not before Bertone scored probably the goal of the week, right? Yeah, I would put that up there for sure. I didn't watch anything from the late game last night, but it's it's definitely up there for me. Yeah, I mean, there were some good goals. I, I feel like I Carlos Vela did put in a pretty nice one last night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I saw a couple. All the ones from the Colorado game were just fun to watch, even if they weren't overly technical. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Cincinnati really struggled throughout that entire game. Um, and I only watched the first half and went back and watched some of the highlights of the second. But I think that this game against Cincinnati is going to be which left back struggles the most because that was Atlanta's biggest weakness against yes. DC on the road. And it was uh, FC Cincinnati's biggest weakness against Seattle on the road. They just, the, the replacement for Greg Garza and being without him in the lineup definitely was a glaring gap as it related to what Seattle wanted to do with Jordan Morris and that right wing position. Uh, Jordan Morris awkwardly ends up finding himself over on left wing and scoring one of his two goals. But uh, that dude, first wing, whenever he awesome. came in from the right, was yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, you you look at almost a like for like, you're back to back rookie of the year right winger. Jordan Morris, Julian Gressel in back-to-back weeks and you're on the road. That's that's a big plus in Atlanta's favor if Atlanta trots out Gressel in the starting position, which we didn't see this past week on the road at DC. But at the same time, we don't know what to expect out of the left back position right now either. Is Bello back healthy? I don't know what his injury uh, pertains to or how long he's going to be out. And I didn't really see any information released on it at all. So is it him? Is it Breck Shea? Is it Ambrose? I don't really know right now, but I think that that game is going to be determined on the wings, especially. Yeah, it's um, no, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, and they're not too dissimilar whenever it comes to play style either. They're both big physical. Grant, I think Jordan Morris has got a little bit of weight, yeah, a little yeah, bit of yeah. height on, yeah. on Gressel. He might be faster to be honest, but he got a little bit of a hunchback, but a little bit, <laughs> he's, he's kind of built like a linebacker. <laughs> he definitely does. But I gave him so much shit up in Nashville. Like Angie, that was one of our first dates was going up to Nashville to watch us men's national team, like B team play against Jamaica. And he's did you, just, did you boo 
Bob Bradley the whole time. Oh, I wish at that point uh, we hadn't been eliminated from the World Cup at that point. What do you think about Josie's statement this past week? Did you see that? Dude, I thought that was kind of awesome. I thought it was too. Big props to Josie Altidore. I might not boo you whenever Toronto comes down here. I can't promise that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who actually said that to him on Twitter and then got a response. I don't know who said it, but for those of you that don't know... um, the MLS put out a video of different players around the league talking about what Atlanta United has done and where they've raised the bar after yep. their MLS Cup win last year. And they talked to Wayne Rooney, uh, Josie Altador. Who else was in there? There was one or two other players uh, that I know that they were talking Ibrahimovic to. Ibrahimovic was on yeah, there, Yeah, I think right? Zlatan yeah. was in there too as well. Um, but uh, Josie said something and somebody from the Atlanta United fan base mentioned Josie actually say having kind words for Atlanta United, even though we booed him at every opportunity yes. the past two years. And he said something about like, I, I can, I can take the criticism and still recognize when, um, great things are being done or something to that effect, yeah. uh, which was, which was really humbling and, and unexpected, I think from him. So yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good to see. I was very happy to see that. Um, it's Justin Johnson's asking where he can find that video. He says he hasn't seen it. Uh, I would go, I don't think the players typically tweet out a ton. So I would just go find Josie's Twitter and find, like go to the tweets and replies, uh, tab, and then just scroll through and see where he talked about it. Uh, it should be pretty easy to find. Okay. Tata Fett correcting us. Monterey. What, <sighs> what happens, um, this week, midweek, we're playing against currently, um, is this the Apertura or is this the Clausura? I can't remember. Spring the the spring version or the the winter the winter season for them. And you have Monterey who Monterey who are to one point behind Tigres right now. I will say, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's what's so we're running concerning. into them in mid mid season exactly. form. You're talking about a team. I I know they at least won one of the 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 legs last year. Whatever the seasons the they split it up. They do two legs of the season during the year. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And they're a good team, man. They're a good team. A really good team. We cannot afford to go down there. Oh, they the won, way they we, won the or think, it's it's the Klausura right now. I think Atlanta Thank at you. least benefits from coming the way that things have transitioned over the past four weeks, we'll say, going from I, I have to stop you right now because we have uh Abdu Wahid. Um w- we died from Morocco. From Morocco with flexing. Yeah, we have somebody from Morocco in the live chat. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's awesome. That is really thank you, cool. Thank you for tuning in, man. So what's that? What's that mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, what? What it do? Is that what like wadad means? W y d a d. Is that? Do I have to? If I put that into Urban Dictionary, am I it's like get why flagged? dad? I never had to say that growing up, so I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe that's how we got that. Like, why, Dad? Why'd you leave, Dad? That's what I would say. (laughs) Where you at, Dad? Where Where you, Dad? That's what it it stands for. Oh, Um, man, that's awesome. Thanks for joining us, man. I have no clue. You're going to have to tell us how to pronounce all of that and what why Dad means. Is that... Oh, it's a it's a team in Casablanca. <laughs> Such an idiot. Yeah, you are. We really do need more diversity on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Beaven with a good question. So let's get back to let's go let's get back to the Monterey uh, uh, um 
<laughs> Why'd you go out to a corner store three states away to get six, Dad? <laughs> Alex, Alex Brotherton with the gem of the night right there. Um, L.A. Beaven asking, should Andrew, from, from the peanut gallery, should Andrew Carlton replace Ezekiel Barco against, against Monterey? Oh, my God. Are you fucking serious? That can't be a real question right now, right? I think it is. No. I don't no. think so either. Um, Th- this team cannot afford to go on the road against Monterey and, and get lost in the scenery, which is gorgeous around that stadium. But they can't. They dude, can't. Yes. Uh, they cannot afford to you go in there. You guys play in the middle of Yosemite Valley Good or something? Good Lord. God. They cannot afford to go in and come out flat-footed. Um, we cannot go out and start the game and play like we did against Herediano because this team will not be able to come back against a higher caliber Monterey team in the second leg, even with a home game. I, I, I don't see that happening. I think best case scenario, Atlanta uh, wins by a goal. I don't see this being a blowout by any stretch, and hopefully we can hold them to a um, a shutout or a 1-1, something like that, um, yeah. a nil-nil or a 1-1. I think, I think 1-1 is where I'm kind of thinking right now. I, I know very little. It's it's just kind of throwing something on a dartboard for me. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really have to go on right now is their form and their standings. I mean, they're undefeated right now in nine games, six ga- six wins, three draws, and again, they're they're a powerhouse in the Mexican League and Liga Mekis. And all I really care about, to be honest, is we get the away goal. I think it exactly just like what happened. That's in what I'm Herediano, saying. One one. I'm really hoping it's not a three one loss down there, like no, it wasn't. We can't. I don't think we can afford to go three one no, against I, them. They're they're too good of a team for us to do that against. But um, it's I don't know if we really play the if we hashtag play your kids. Um, but not that game. I think it will be dependent on what. I think happens. you might get that in Cincinnati. I think I you think might Cincinnati, honestly get that in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that is a, a a good choice. I think that's where I think. I think people maybe read too much into Frank DeBoer's statement about rotating out the lineup. I don't think that whenever Frank said that, and, and again, it's just speculation and, and what I think here, I don't think that he was saying that in, in from the standpoint of we're going to rotate out the entire lineup consistently throughout the season. I think that that rotation is going to come with different players coming in week to week in different positions. So, Whereas last week we saw uh, who who were the changes that he made? He made Tito coming in starting. Uh, Ambrose came in starting, and was that were those the only two differences from the Herediano game? I feel like there was one Tito, more. Tito for PD and Tito then, Ambrose. And Ambrose for Gressel. That was it. Yes, and, and Nagby right? Or no, Nagby started. No, Nagby That's started. Right. Yeah. So I think that this week against Cincinnati, we may see. Two other switches. Maybe it's Bello and it's uh, Carlton against Cincinnati. But I think that those are the kind of rotations we see rather than full lineup rotations. Yeah, we have, um, I believe it was Brian asking if we see Alec Can. I think jokingly. No, because Frank DeBoer likes to play the young kid. So he's going to go recall Justin Garces from Clemson because he shouldn't be up there anyway. <laughs> and he's going to just stick him between the posts and see what happens. <laughs> go for it. Uh, so it's Justin Johnson. Um, 
saying Asiedu. Uh, so Asiedu is actually signed for Atlanta United 2, from what I was reading. I believe he's, he's on, on loan, contract yeah. for Atlanta United 2. So I think he he's on an be... MLS contract, but he's loaned out to, right. to the twos. Right. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. Getting a lot of questions about a meet and greet for the season opener. Unfortunately, it would not be fitting for me to try to solo a meet and greet for the season opener. As many of you know, Tim is changing his last name on Friday Yep, and donning the Kakoma coat of arms and uh, is getting married Friday. Crap. So congratulations again. Thank you. I can't say Thank you enough. very much. Uh, so you'll be off on your honeymoon this weekend. Yeah. And yeah, Dan we, obviously can't be bothered to make we, it to we had to roam. We had to roam on Saturday. Um, thank you guys. Uh, you guys in the, in the trap. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Friday, my life changes. Yeah. And and couldn't be for the better or any any. I can't wait to walk you down the aisle and give you away. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, yeah. So no Friday, no Friday. Um, wake wake your dumb ass up. Uh, no, no wakey wakey. No home before uh, up before dawn. Yeah. Um, coffee and coffee and podcast, but. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to have to figure out a meet and greet sometime soon. And then the following week, I'm in a conference. We're going to do it up big. We've got big plans. We're already starting to get some new graphics and things put together. You can find all those at Home Before Dark on Instagram is where I typically post those out. And then I try to... that? He said, where I post them out. It's my graphics. This is mine. Dude, I'm just really glad you still host me in your studio. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I had to get a pot shot in there about I that because I know you're going to do I that. I know yeah. you did. Exactly. Whose fucking bobby pin is this? It's like lipstick on your collar. Who the fuck's been sitting in my chair? Why do you need bobby's pins to hold your hair up? <laughs> You've been picking locks in here? <laughs> oh. um, so, uh, yeah, meet and greet round one. We have to find a date that works for everybody and try to get Dan involved. Um, this weekend just doesn't seem right to do it without you. So I appreciate we'll, that. Uh, we'll make sure we do it right. We got big plans for it. We got a lot of big plans this season in general. Um, thanks for checking us out. If you found, check out Offside Trap this um, week. Excuse me, there's a voicemail we need to listen to. Oh my to. God, what is wrong with me? I hope everybody didn't tune out already. How, does, got, it, how, how does how does Carl Segge leave a voicemail uh, and you forget to play How do you it? already know who did it? Because I read the transcript, which you will put up. Oh, is it good? Is it a good one? Um, I don't know. I, I just read the beginning of it. So that's why I was trying to figure out who it was. Okay, 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 okay. Let me see here. Where do I go for voicemails? There we here, go. I could play it. No, I'm doing it. And we got a text message from a random 404 number. Yeah, I says, saw that one. What, what is, is, what, what what is, is a Breck Shay? What is a Breck Shay? All right, I'm doing it. All right, I got I to gotta play and then pause and then go to speaker. All right, it's on speaker. Turn that ish up and go. Go. All right, fellas. Carl here. Here, just, just want to discuss last night. Look, first match of the season. It's a, it is what it is. But what's really getting to me here is that there's, we'll say, prominent supporters on the old uh, social media there just absolutely slating everything that's going on. What a load of bollocks. It's, it's just, it's uncalled for. Look, things will turn around and we'll get better. But give it time. New manager, new season, new players. We're not going to win every bloody game. I mean, it's, people need to wind their necks in and get on with it. What was that word? What in the coming weeks and months? 
Look, don't get me wrong. If it keeps on going like this, and halfway through the season we're, we're still at this, we're in trouble. But stick with it, and we'll pull through. Just want to know what your guys' opinions are after last night. I'll, I'll shut up now, and I hope my transcription <laughs> is as funny as I'm hoping it'll be. Anyway, talk to you later, fellas. Cheers. Um, and Carl, the aforementioned Carl Seggy in the in the trap saying, "Wind you neck in." Yeah, we have no idea. That's some that's some northeast shit. That's some <laughs> guys. I think we're gonna have a Jordy. Thank, thank you, Car, for calling in. This is uh this is like a Pixar special here, where uh, our fella Car called in tonight. As, is that Lightning uh, McQueen? <laughs> When you go around the turn, you got to turn the wheel to the opposite is, way. Is that Tomater? <laughs> so I can wind your neck in, Tomater. <laughs> I'm out to wind her neck in. Uh, <laughs> Get her done, wind your neck in. <laughs> I feel like, Carl, if you keep uh, calling in, thank you for leaving a voice. You voicemail. can be the new Dan? <laughs> is yes. that what you're going to say? <laughs> no. What I was going to say is this really makes me clamor for like a, a binge-watching party of Geordie Shore. What is that? It was that? like a Newcastle version of Jersey Shore. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, boy. Carl, I agree with everything you said. There's no patience. I think people just are trying to get some sort of currency out of their outrage and, and their ability to... Sometimes I feel like it's... Mm, virtue signaling is not the right term here. It's like calling attention to yourself to say, hey, I can uh, I can slight my own team. I can criticize my own team. I'm right. not too much of a homer. Like I just don't want this fan base to turn into a snake eating its own tail. And that's where I... I guess that's my biggest fear is that after every loss, and there's only been a few of them, it always seems to go that route. And you guys need to prepare yourself for having those seasons that maybe Atlanta doesn't make the playoffs. As as hard as that is to say, and, and you obviously don't expect that to be the case based off of what this team has been doing in the offseason and with acquisitions, it is a real possibility. Um, th- th- for, for every one of the Julian Gressels that we get, Another team may have one that we don't know about yet that'll develop over the course of a season, and and you'll see teams grow and flourish with that lineup that maybe their acquisitions were a little bit more um, tactful than ours were. So, Yeah. And the other thing I keep seeing is people saying that Frank DeBoer is very much like Louis Van Hal, but... And people just getting upset that we're gonna we're playing boring soccer, and I boring just, uh, Frank de boring <laughs> Frank de boring soccer. What you know? What else that Louis Van Hal and um, and Frank de Boer have in common is a lot of titles between the two of them. That's so a good point. That's all I have to really say about that. But it looks um, like uh, we're getting fluctuation in viewers. I don't know if the stream's dropping on YouTube's end. Probably. Everything looks good on our end, but. Um, Anything else to cover? Let me make sure. Score I predictions. Have. What do you got? Monterey and uh, DC. I didn't hear one for either one of those. I think Monterey, or not DC, but yeah, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Um, I think for the for the Monterey game, it's like two to one. I think we lose two to one, but I okay. think we can get that back at home next week. Um, and then for the Cincinnati Cincinnati game, I think we I think we just strong arm them. I think it's a three nil win on our side. Yeah, I, I think the Cincinnati game, I'm much more confident in a win, especially with it being at home, especially seeing what I saw out of FC Cincinnati. Um, I think that my call right now is a 1-1 draw on the road against Monterey and a 2-0. I'll, I'll agree with Brad, 2-0 uh, 
win for Atlanta at home against FC Cincinnati in the home opener. Um, all right. I do love I do love that Carl Seggy also sent us the best yo 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 ever. If you guys go to his uh his his Twitter page at six seconds ref. Um it's this lovely Coca Cola yo yo from nineteen ninety. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Absolutely. Um What was your favorite yo yo trick? The only one I could do was the uh the around the world. Around the world? Yeah, that's the only one I could do. And that that just turned into like a mace. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I like to do the like rock the baby, you know, where you make <sighs> like the little thing. You, do that I, thing. He wasn't that good at yo yo, guys. He couldn't do that. I totally could rock the baby. I was <laughs> poor. You think I didn't get good at a yo yo because we didn't afford better? We we didn't. <laughs> we didn't afford better. We made our own yo yos out of pine cones and cat hair. <laughs> That's what the, the best the trailer park had to offer, Tim. You doubt my skills? Give me a yo-yo. I'll show that shit off right now. Like I'll the, rock the baby. You're like the settlers. You're using animal sinew. And... <laughs> I'll rock the baby right now. You you really don't think I can rock the baby? No. Ask Matthew. He'll tell you I rock that baby. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Matthew or Steven, somebody, ste- uh, somebody steal a yo-yo or bring a yo-yo to Kevin for the rehearsal and for the wedding. Fuck, I need to start watching it. YouTube videos. <laughs> While I'm watching woodworking videos and building this table, Kevin is remembering get, how to... I got to get good yo-yos again. You're like uh, Jason Bourne of yo-yos. We say like a trigger word and you get activated. <laughs> <laughs> Fire XG and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Kevin Bradley. <laughs> Enemy of the state, Kevin Bradley. Oh my god! All right, you got so, surveillance footage of you just. <laughs> I definitely never did the two. Like at a time. Oh no, this was just one. Still. Oh, one. I need two both hands. hands? To, yeah, just oh, both hands. Oh shit! Yeah, baller. You think you're a master? You're not a yo-yo master, though. <laughs> cats, cats in the cradle plays as Kevin does the silence. That's pretty much. <laughs> Alex Brotherton, you have made our night with your jokes about Kevin's uh, Kevin's growing up without a father. So we're gonna he's gonna drop the mic. <laughs> Cats in the cradle places. Kevin does the savage yo-yo tricks known to man. Add in a trailer park, and you are spot on, my friend. <laughs> Jay, I know you're talking about producing some new uh, oh original content. God. I need this to happen. Oh. Find the nearest trailer park to Atlanta <laughs> and get Kevin in there. We're going to activate him. <laughs> oh Kevin God. is crying, guys. Oh. I think the stream's dropping again oh because I see God. people dropping like flies. All right. So, um, MLS Fantasy, uh, gethomebeforedark.com forward slash fantasy. What else we got? Uh, leave your ratings or reviews on iTunes, um, whatever they may say. High, low, you go low, we go high. You go low, I stay high. Uh, we'll read them aloud on the show. Up high, Captain. Up high, Captain. Um, you heard it at the beginning of the show, and a reminder that this weekend, uh, our good buddies, Domer and Jason, are going to be donating hair uh, for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Uh, 
an organization that's local, a charity, and a, an event that we can all get behind. So be sure to check those guys out on Twitter and help support their cause and, and go out to the event and support them in any way that you can in their campaign. Um, find us collectively at home before dark don't go to at tim herb that's something we haven't even talked about i have an impersonator parody account on twitter that's yet to tweet i know or wait maybe we did talk about that um i would very much appreciate if you guys go and report that by the way (laughs) you can find us collectively at home before dark that's before spelled b in the number four um i i I hit my 10 year reunion my 10 year anniversary on twitter today um What what a little baby i know i know yeah so uh, you can yeah. find me personally. I don't really tweet from there much. Uh, try to stick to soccer as much as I can. But <laughs> at the architect, that's at so the I was underscore. Tweeting about the UFC event on Saturday, and everybody just uh, stick, stick to, to soccer. soccer. <laughs> the underscore arc number one t e c t. Well, I guess uh, our our handles are the same on uh, Instagram as they are on Twitter. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. And then Alex, again, Bizarro World Tim spews out actual good analysis about Atlanta United. That's fair. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything that you do for us and with us. Uh, love the hell out of you. Thanks for showing up in the live chat on the iTunes. I mean, your reviews, rating, support, it, it helps us get our word out and helps give you guys a platform to speak on. It's just as much yours as it is ours. We're, we're just here with the mics, but uh, we try to share it however we can. So thank you so much, however you tuned in, showed out, and spent your time with us today, tomorrow, or the next day. And until next time, as always, be home before dark. Love seven days we crawl up to the ground Love seven sins we wear just like a crown Angels will cry and angels will moan When will they leave us alone? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sweet. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.